0: You're tuning in to Tassian Encounters on Faith FM. And we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, each weekday at 9 a.m. And for those listening in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30 p.m. each weekday. And you can also listen to us through the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. And um, you can catch up on previous episodes that we've done from the app or the website. Um, So today we have Draco Tillich. Draco is joining us from... Bernie, and he'll be continuing with the series of programs titled 3MJ, where the 3M stands for movement message and mission and J standing for Jesus. Welcome, Rago. How are you today?
1: Uh good, thank you, Tabitha. Good morning to you as well. How are you?
0: I'm um, well, thanks. How's your week been so far?
1: Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, busy but uh good and uh serving the Lord the best I can.
0: Mm. Busy is good. <laughs> As long as you can manage it, that is. Um, Rako, I believe you had something that you wanted to share with our listeners before we continue.
1: Yes, uh, we've been looking at Jesus' final week of ministry. And there are some resources out there uh, which are quite helpful. And I want to mention this. For example, you have Reese's Chronological Bible, a hard copy. I have that in my own personal library. And I'm not sure if that's on Kindle, uh, where you can go through Amazon and get an ebook, but there are other resources you can get. I do have a hard copy of this as well as an ebook uh, from Kindle, Amazon, and that is the Chronological Study Bible. It's the New King James Version. You also can get the Parallel Chronological Gospels, which is an orderly account of the life of Jesus Christ. So there's several resources out there. There's another resource by John Maxwell. It's called The Jesus Diary, the most comprehensive chronology of Jesus' time of ministry ever written. And just recently, someone also shared a a book with me, and I actually had a look through it um, just this morning. And especially in relation to the topic that we're looking at today, um, there are a few Bible verses you read and you wonder, when is this coming, in what order, when does the Passover meal come, the foot washing, you know, there's, uh, you, you read the different gospel books. And uh, this book actually arranges it really well. It's called Acts of the Gospels by uh, William James Ackland. And so, it's something I would actually recommend as well. So, there are resources out there to to know uh, the chronology of things in Scripture, and at the end of the day, you th- need to still prove all things and hold fast that which is good.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's very good resources um, that have very in- good information for all of us. Um, Rako, I have a question for you. Would you rather serve others or be served?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I guess it depends what context it is. Uh, sometimes I like to be like a king and just be uh, lay back and be served uh, by my wife.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, when you're maybe at an, an event and then you have these people bringing you, you know, different food and you just get to select what you want and you're working just to sit down and enjoy the food. <laughs> it's a yeah. good feeling. But then again... um. What is, you know, I understand you serve um, in your work as a minister. Um, What's the best thing about serving others?
1: For me personally, the best thing about serving others is it does something for you. Um, It brings me joy. It it brings me happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, After all, love, biblical definition of love is love does not seek its own. In First Corinthians 13, verse 5. So, if love does not seek its own, it must seek others. So, love is other-centered, not self-centered. And so, love, therefore, does not become a feeling or an emotion. That does not mean that it's not attached to feeling or emotion. But love, therefore, becomes a principle. And it's about putting others first. And uh, Jesus Christ, he came to serve. Um, and we're going to see that today as well. And he gave, uh, he put others first, he gave his life for us, and the Bible makes that very clear. So, for me... Again, coming back to that question you asked for me personally, serving others, it gives me joy and happiness mm. uh, and, and to be honest, sometimes, I think in our human nature, we don't feel like doing that for others, but then, in the moment and after that we find uh, uh, we find joy and relaxation as well through that
0: hundred mm, percent I think when you receive service it's it's a good feeling, but it's temporary as compared to when you serve others. there is a big difference.
1: And I think it's beautiful when you are serving others, you've put some hard work into these things, and then you see the reaction of people, mm. and it's been such a blessing to them that it keeps you continuing on and on and on. Um, and so, that's what also keeps me going. It's it's challenging because we usually want to, when we serve others, the human nature is also sometimes to receive appreciation, gratitude, acknowledgement. Mm. Um and I think that's important. We need to um, give gratitude and acknowledgement, um, but uh, don't always expect it because it's not going to always come. Yeah. Uh, um, but it is nice sometimes to be confirmed as well.
0: Mm. And I think research shows that um, when you serve others or when you do good for other people or to other people, they, it has a good effects on your mental health. Mm. Um, So, Rago, did you want to give a quick recap of what you shared last week um, before we get into today's program? Uh,
1: Last week we saw that there was this plot to kill Jesus Christ. And you had all these religious leaders, uh, they came together. And Judas was also instrumental in accelerating this process because the Jewish religious leaders did not want to kill Jesus uh, on the Passover, but they wanted to deal with it after the Passover feast. But we know down the track... That Jesus was crucified on the cross on Friday, and so we're just continuing uh, Jesus's final week, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, washing our feet today. So before we continue, Tabitha, can you please pray for us?
0: Sure. Um, let's pray, Father. We thank you for this beautiful day. Um. Thank you for the gift of life and good health. And I pray that as Draco is going to share your message, Father, that you may speak through him. And may you give him the strength and the wisdom that he needs um, so that he can present your message and may he present it from you. Um, And as we listen to your word, please help us to um, listen to it honestly and act upon it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. So as we continue the story of Jesus in in chronology, we see that there's going to be many events that are going to lead up to the Garden of Gethsemane experience. Uh, One of them is the preparation for the Passover meal, which we're going to touch on today. And then the next event takes place in the upper room, which is the washing of feet. And there's a number of things that take place uh, in the upper room experience. You also have uh, the institution of the Lord's Supper. Uh, there's also this question of who is the greatest, uh, the new commandments that Jesus gave. Uh, we're going to also see before, not today, but later on, before uh, the Garden of Gethsemane experience, there's Peter's denial. There's also this uh, i 'm not going to call it a sermon but a teaching uh, jesus 's final teaching which is based on john fourteen uh, to sixteen mm-hmm. and then also jesus 's prayer that you read in John chapter seventeen and a lot of these things are happening and and Jesus is trying to teach us a number of things such as service and humility and fellowship and loving your neighbor and loyalty and also that we can find comfort in, in god 's word and peace and promises and reassurance, and what we're going to see is that things that took place on Thursday, during the daytime and especially Thursday night which biblically is known as uh, Friday because when the sun sets that's when the new day begins that it was huge before the Garden of Gethsemane experience and then you have the Garden of Gethsemane experience that took place and Jesus being arrested and then you have the trials that Jesus went through and he went through seven trials mm. and, and then he died on the cross for our sins mm. um, I probably shared more than I should but it it, it just amazes me, how much Jesus went through for you and me, and I remember when we started this series, I quoted from Dissolve Ages* page eighty-three, uh, page eighty-three, which says it would be good to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplating the life of Christ, especially the closing scenes.
0: And that's also our giveaway book.
1: Right, right, right. So uh, let's get into Matthew chapter twenty-six. And uh, let's read verse 17. So, we're going to talk about the preparation for the Passover meal. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's accounts of it in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke chapter 22. And let's go to Matthew chapter 26, and can you please read verse 17?
0: Um, The title is, Jesus celebrates Passover with His disciples. Um, verse 17, Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, "Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover?
1: Thank you for reading that. So here it mentions two feasts. What are the two feasts that are mentioned here?
0: Unleavened, unleavened bread? bread and uh, Passover.
1: Yes, thanks for sharing that. Now, it's interesting that it puts these two feasts in the one Bible verse, and it appears as though the Feast of Unleavened Bread comes before the Feast of Passover. But we know historically and in the Old Testament that the Feast of Passover comes before the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And we're going to have to talk more about this after our break.
0: Sure, and this first song is Meekness and Majesty by Graham Kendrick. What a perfect combination.
1: Program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: That is "Meekness nice and Majesty" by Graham Kendrick, and you're listening to "Taz Encounters with Drako Tillet." And Drako is talking about foot washing. And uh, before we continue, I'd like to encourage our listeners to send their responses in regards to this question: um, Have you ever participated in foot washing? Um, have you ever? partaken or taken part in food washing um what was your what was the experience like to you how did you feel um just being in that um situation please share your responses to 0488 and we encourage our listeners to send any questions any comments any feedback um throughout the program and um, through that number and we also have a free book offer which uh, i mentioned in the previous. Um, segment, and it's the, called The Desire of Ages. That's by Ellen White, and we'll give you more information about that later on. Um, Draco, we started reading from Mark, Matthew 26, and we read verse 17, where the disciples were asking Jesus where to prepare the uh, Passover, and um, so what else do you have to share about this uh, scripture passage?
1: It, it mentioned here about the Feast of Unleavened Bread as well And it's interesting, someone might be confused And back in the time of Christ uh, According to Josephus, which was a Jewish historian And also the Talmud, which is Jewish writings The Feast of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread Were used interchangeable because they were next to each other We know historically that the Feast of Passover came first It was uh, on the first month of the 14th day of the Hebrew calendar, and their month, uh, the, seven, the the first month was known as Nisan, so Nisan uh, 14, and our civil calendar, that would be around March or April, and then you have, the very following day, you had the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and uh, this was on what is known as Nisan 15. Mm. The Passover... To understand this, it takes us back to the Old Testament scriptures. And this is not the time and the place for me to explain all of these things. But it reminded the Israelites that God had delivered them uh, from Egyptian bondage. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it was to observe or celebrate the deliverance of the Exodus in haste from Egyptian bondage. So this was fulfillment too with the Passover and Unleavened Bread in Jesus With Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7 tells us that Jesus Christ, he is our Passover. And so Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross in AD 31. So this is the Passover. Now, someone might be saying, well, what does the unleavened bread represent or symbolize? Well, it represents the burial of Jesus Christ, which took place in AD 31 after his crucifixion. But then someone might be saying, but how do we celebrate that? People were not really celebrating back then, 2,000 years ago. Now, it's interesting, that book, Dissolve Ages, on page 769, it talks about how when Jesus was in the tomb on that Sabbath day, um, and let me read it here, it says, Now Jesus rested from the work of redemption, and though there was grief among those who loved him on earth, yet there was joy in heaven. Hmm. Glorious to the eyes of heavenly beings was the promise of the future, a restored creation, a redeemed race that, having conquered sin, could never fall. This, the result to flow from Christ's completed work, God and angels saw. Now, later on in this series, and we probably won't be covering it this year, I really want to talk about. What happened um, while Jesus was in the tomb on the Sabbath day? It was an unforgettable Sabbath. And, and I've preached a sermon on that, and, and, and I've learned so many things, but that's not the time for now. So, the Passover represents the crucifixion of Jesus, the unleavened bread, the burial of Jesus. Let's continue. Matthew 26 and verse 18. This is still uh, in relation to preparation for the Passover meal.
0: And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the parts over at your house with my disciples. Uh,
1: One thing I want to stress before I forget, the time setting here is taking place on a Thursday during the daytime. Mm -hmm. And the city here, it's Jerusalem. And and Jesus is saying here Mm -hmm. um, that... uh, Go to, go to a certain man, and this certain man, he was the master of the house. Mm. And it seems that this person would have known Jesus. The teacher says, Mm. um, just like, for example, um, maybe like Simon of Bethany, who knew Jesus, Nicodemus, and, and Joseph of Arimathea, who were all disciples. Uh, let's continue reading. Well, before I continue, it does say here in verse 18, mm-hmm. My time is at hand. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, Tabitha? My time is at hand.
0: Um, Time for him to be crucified. I yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, it's near. Because when you read other Bible verses um, in the beginning of his ministry, it wasn't yet near. For example, in John 2 verse 4, it says, Jesus said to her, mm-hmm. to a woman, What does your concern have to do with me? My hour or my time has not yet come. Mm -hmm. And then in John 7, verse 6, John 7, verse 8, John 7, verse 30, John 8, verse 20, all of these Bible verses talk about how my time has not yet come, Mm -hmm. but now the time has come. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And let's continue reading Matthew 26 and verse 19.
0: So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover.
1: They prepared the Passover. I'm going to come back to that and just try and paint a better picture about that preparation of the Passover. And then in verse 20, it says, When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. So, evening had come, the sun had set. This is now, according to our understanding, as Thursday night, but biblically, it's Friday. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 14 Mm -hmm. and verses 12 to 17. Mark 14 Mm -hmm. and verse 12. Can you please read that for us?
0: Now on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover?
1: Notice it says they killed the Passover lamb Now the word lamb is italicized Which means it's been added But they killed the Passover You cannot have a Passover without a lamb Mm. Uh, And we know that that lamb pointed to Jesus. Jesus Right Verse 13 Please read that
0: And he sent out two of his disciples And said to them Go into the city And a man will meet you Carrying a pitcher of water Follow him
1: Thank you. Here it says that there is a man that you're going to meet. Um, this is a little bit different from Matthew's account. In Matthew's account, it says there was a certain man, and that was the master. But here there's a man, and this word for man in the Greek is a, it's a human being. It could be a man or a woman. And maybe it is a woman. Why? Because this person is carrying a pitcher of water. And we know back then, in the time of Jesus Christ, that women would usually carry water in a pitcher, whereas men, they would generally transport water in water skins. So maybe this is a woman, we don't know. But they're going to meet this man, or woman, Mm -hmm. and then in verse 14 it says, wherever he goes, actually, now I see that it's actually uh, a man, because it uses the pronoun he. I first thought it was a woman, maybe. <laughs> see, I'm still learning. So, wherever he goes in, this is this man, and which is a servant, by the way. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? That sounds a bit strange, but I will give a comment on this a little bit later. Verse 15, can you please read?
0: Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared, there, make ready for us.
1: This is an upper room. And in the actual Greek, this is also meaning the second floor of a building or the upper room. It is above ground level. Mm-hmm. And please read verse 16 and 17.
0: So his disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. In the evening he came with the twelve.
1: Thank you for reading that. Mm-hmm. We're not, going to open, we're not going to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 22, verses 7 to 13, because of time. But Luke's account is very similar to Mark's account. Mm. And I just want to just talk a little bit about the preparation of the Passover. Uh, do you think this was something that would have taken about an hour to prepare or a few hours to prepare?
0: I'm not sure. I'm thinking Jesus was a simple man, and um, <laughs> so probably it didn't take long to prepare. Okay. But it was uh, well, a big feast anyway in saying that, so probably it so Let's take a bit of time.
1: <laughs> so so let's talk about uh, the Passover lamb. You first need to go out and buy a lamb, right? Uh, yeah. And then what do you think you need to do next with the lamb?
0: You need to skin it.
1: Okay, skin it. Okay.
0: And then slaughter.
1: Okay, or well you slaughter it first, right?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I was talking to kids yesterday, um, and because I knew I'm doing this for Faith FM today, I said, I was talking to four kids yesterday at Northwest Christian School. Uh, uh, I studied the Bible with them, so I thought, oh, let me talk to them about what I'm going to share here. And I said, what do you do with the uh, lamb? And one of the girls said, well, you skin it, you gut it, and then you bone it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they don't always bone it, right? They, you you still, and then you have to uh, roast the lamb. Mm-hmm. And this, this is not something that just is, you know, very quickly done. No,
0: no, it actually takes time.
1: Ah, there you go. You've changed. Uh, <laughs> w- w- one thing actually that Luke tells us, Mark mentions that there were two that were actually asked to go and prepare the Passover, two disciples. And Luke mentions who these two disciples were. It's Matthew true, and Mark don't. Yeah, uh, John yeah. and who else?
0: Oh yeah, Luke does. Peter and John.
1: That's right, Peter and John. You know what research tells us? Research tells us that Peter was the oldest among all the disciples, and that maybe he was around 50 years of age. And guess who was the youngest of all the disciples?
0: Is it John?
1: Yeah, it's John. They said that he would have been in his 20s. Mm. Now, in the past, who definitely had more experience in preparing the Passover lamb out of those two?
0: It would be Peter. Peter. It would
1: be definitely Peter. Now, Peter, if he's in his 50s, he's getting older. He's got the brains, Well, John still has the... He's got the muscle and the strength to probably Mm -hmm. cut, cut up things. But at the same time, I could see Peter also mentoring John too. In this mm. situation, and that's not to say John didn't skin or slay any lambs. I'm sure he did, but you can see here there's two disciples. They would have there's there's teamwork here in in preparing for this Passover meal that's going to take place in the upper room, and uh, I think it's our time to go for a break, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. Um, before we listen to the next song, I want to encourage our listeners to take send in their responses. If they have you ever participated or um, taken part in foot washing, um, or and what was that experience like to you? And if you're not sure what foot washing is, um, you can also ask a question, and um, we'll be able to answer you. Um, you can use our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This next song is "I Belong" by Catherine Scott. I belong by Catherine Scott, and uh, you're listening to 10 Encounters with Drako Chilich. I'm um, sharing about foot washing, and I think when we when Drako shares the next seg- segment, um, you'll get to get the meaning of that song, "I Belong." Um, I just want to encourage our listeners to share their responses to this question. Have you ever partaken or been part of um foot washing? Have you ever washed someone's feet? has someone ever washed your feet um during the holy communion? What was the experience like to you uh please share your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and yeah, we'll be able to share them with others um Rako in in the previous section we talked about um We read this passage about preparing the Passover, and you sort of made me aware that um, that would have taken some time to prepare. Um, What else do you have to share with us in this section?
1: Um, I just want to mention something more about the preparation of the Passover meal. Remember, Jesus said, um, you know, when you see the master, you say to him, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room? Uh, Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples Jesus was giving directions to his disciples Someone might think Well this is a bit strange or odd To to speak like this But this was actually uh, normal In accordance with the customs of the day Because people from uh, outside of Jerusalem They would make this pilgrimage uh, to Jerusalem And it was known that there would be uh, People who were owners of their houses They would have guests that would come in And so remember The Passover feast was a day of celebration. It was like Christmas, Easter, and your birthday all in one. Now, the disciples, Peter and John, um, they would have also probably sweep the room maybe, uh, set up some cushions and maybe some other things. The Bible does mention that it was furnished. And uh, they would have also prepared unleavened bread, bitter herbs, sauce, and also uh, with the wine, which is grape juice, which is uh, not fermented. Now we're going to go into the foot washing. Mm. And before you have uh, this kind of happened somewhere, it seems that... Uh, You know, trying to get things chronologically kind of just as the Passover meal, they've come together, and then there's going to be foot washing, Uh, and then after that, uh, we don't have time to get into this, but Jesus will institute what is known as the Lord's Supper. and uh, where the bread represents the body of Christ the wine or the grape juice represents the blood of Christ but I want to talk about foot washing and it's interesting out of all of the gospel books Matthew, Mark, Luke and John only the gospel book of John records the story of foot washing Mm. now the question is why only John since it is such an important event I don't have an answer for you at all but what's interesting to say is is that the Gospel book of John, according to scholars, was the last book that was written. After the book of Revelation. So sometime after 95 or 96 AD or maybe somewhere around there, it was written. And I sometimes wonder, maybe John recorded this and Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't record it because maybe the other disciples were still alive. And what happened here in the upper room with the washing of feet was actually, um, it, it was really gonna teach what the, you know, the attitude of the disciples and how they had to be humbled. Mm. Um, So, you know, I'm just, uh, I don't have an answer specifically why Matthew, Mark, and Luke have not um, recorded this, but let's get into it. Mm. John 13, and can you please read verse 1 and 2?
0: Um, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having al- already put into it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him.
1: Thank you. It says here, supper being ended. Uh, in my Bible, I even have this little footnote where it says, during the supper. And that's what it means, or while it was supper. Um, and... Uh, it, it, In the original Greek, where it says ended, it can also mean to continue or to be assembled. Here you have the disciples and Jesus. They are all assembled for the Passover meal. And things are going to happen here. Let's continue reading. Verse 3 and 4, please.
0: Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and guarded himself.
1: And then, verse five
0: after that he poured the water, water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was guarded with which he was guarded so girded,
1: girded yep, yeah. so here he um, took off his uh, laid his garment aside, that is his outer garment, which would impede his movement, and I usually apply this that when we have foot washing at church. Um, if I'm wearing a suit, which I usually do, if I'll take off my jacket, uh, I'll wash someone's feet. And here it meant, this is like a they, they I want you to picture this, Tabitha. They came here for what purpose? They, um, for the Passover. Mm, Passover meal. Mm. But then all of a sudden Jesus gets up and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Mm. And I want you to picture this. This is like a pause button. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a pause button here, and I guess the question, a good well, before I ask this question, when it comes to washing your feet, there were twelve disciples. How long does it take to wash each um, a person's feet, do you think?
0: Um, I think like a minute.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's let's say a minute and a half to two minutes. Mm. Because by the time you uh, wash their feet and you dry their feet off, um, then you might go and throw the water, and then you get new water from the pitcher, and you come back and you wash the next person's feet.
0: Mm. And, and so the...
1: Yes, continue.
0: I believe that time um, the feet would have been dusty, so... <laughs>
1: right, right, right. And keep this in mind, there were twelve disciples... And Jesus washed each one of their feet. And if it took place, uh, you know, one and a half minutes to two minutes for each person, that would be a total of anywhere between 18 to 24 minutes long. Mm. And during that time, except for an interruption that we know of in the Bible, Peter did speak, but it would have been a very quiet time. And also maybe a bit awkward, too, with the quiet attitude and, and what was happening. And water does also represent cleansing. But the big question to ask is, why did Jesus have to do this? Mm-hmm. Why? And the answer is is that there is a story behind the story. Mm-hmm. And, and when we read Luke chapter 22 and verse 24, it says that now there was also a dispute among them, among the disciples, as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Mm. And throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ, Often the disciples contended as to which of them should occupy the highest place of honor in the kingdom of God. You read about these things in Mark 9 verses 33 to 37, Luke chapter 9 verses 46 to 48, and even in Matthew chapter 20 verses 20 to 28, where you read about their James and John, the sons of uh, Zebedee. Even their mother was saying to Jesus, Oh, would you grant my son to sit on the left or on the right hand? So here they were contending as to who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. After all, a few days prior to this, on Sunday, okay, this is taking place now on Thursday night or Friday, okay, in the evening. It's Friday, biblically. But a few days earlier, on the Sunday, you have Jesus' triumphal entry, and they all thought, oh, Jesus is going to be pronounced as king. So they want to go, hmm, I want to sit next to his right-hand side. I want to sit next to his left-hand side. So they're having strife among them and they're disputing about this. Hmm. And so here is this situation of... Um, of what's happening here. And let me read this quotation from Dissolve Ages, uh, page 643 to 644. There was a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. The contention carried on in the presence of Christ, grieved and wounded him. The disciples clung to their favorite idea that Christ would assert his power and take his position on the throne of David. They thought he was going to come as a king. Mm -hmm. and establish a kingly government. And in heart each still longed for the highest place in the kingdom. They had placed their own estimate upon themselves and upon one another, and instead of regarding their brethren as more worthy, they had placed themselves first. The request of James and John to sit on the right and the left of Christ's throne had excited the indignation of the others, that the two brothers should presume to ask for the highest position so stirred the ten, the ten disciples that alienation threatened. They felt that they were misjudged, that their fidelity and talents were not appreciated. Judas was the most severe upon James and John. When the disciples entered the supper room, their hearts were full of resentful feelings. Judas pressed next to Christ on the left side. John was on the right. If there was a highest place, Judas was determined to have it, and that place was through. Uh, was thought to be next to. Christ. Christ and Judas was a traitor and you know what we need to go for a break
0: we do (laughs) Uh, before that we I'd like to share what some of our listeners have texted in Uh, Maggie has said we have attended foot washing regularly in our church it is a wonderful part of our church attendance reminding us of what our Lord did with his disciples and Maggie has also said Jesus was showing them and the disciples that they must serve not expect to be the greatest of all Thank you so much for that wonderful sharing, Maggie. And um, Christine has also texted and said, I have experienced foot washing. It's not something we're used to in our culture. So it was not something I was comfortable receiving. Mm. So, yes, we need to humble ourselves. However, it was a good feeling washing someone else's feet, like gifting them. And that is a humbling also to be the one washing the feet. Thank you, Christina, for sharing that. And that's actually how I feel. It's really when you kneel down and take someone's feet in your hands and give them a wash and then try them. It's a really humbling um, experience. Um, so before we go for a break, I'd like to quickly mention our book offer, which is the Desire of Ages. Um, this book uh, is by Ellen White, and it, it tells the story of the greatest spiritual leader, who is Jesus Christ. And it does not. This book does not merely set down a series of remote events. It presents the meaning meaning of those events so vividly that you feel like you're an eyewitness to what is being dis- described. And in these pages, um, you will understand possi- possibly for the first time the true underlying significance of Christ's deeds and their bearing on your own life here and now. Um, we'll give you the codes to claim that book after the break, but for now we're going to listen to this song called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters. Mm-hmm.
2: I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. And I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again. I can be safe here in your arms and never leave home, never let these walls
0: Sons and daughters, and um you're listening to Taz Encounters with Rachel Chalitz, and before we went for break, I promised to give you the code to claim the offer for today, which is the book The Desire of Ages by Ellen White. Um the code is 3MJ1 and um, text 3MJ number one, no space in between to and the um double eight zero eight nine one three MJ one two zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. If you don't have this book, this is a very special book. Please make sure you claim um you send these codes to claim this book. Um Draco, I believe we are in the last section and we don't have much time. Um so how would you like to finish off?
1: I probably need another half an hour and I do wanna mention this, that book deserve ages. Um Please, I really encourage those who are listening to read chapter 71. It is based on this. And we just read how Jesus washed all the disciples' feet. And what is interesting to say is there was a basin there, there was a pitcher, there was water to washing your feet. And when you would go uh, to someone's house, uh, you would have a servant that would wash other people's feet. Uh, the master would not wash the feet and in this case, you the disciples were to wash the feet, but they were too proud. Um They just had a dispute who's going to be the greatest among them. They come into the supper room and Jesus, he watches them, he observes them, and he gets up and he begins to wash each one of their feet. And there's this silence and I'm sure they're reflecting and going, wow, what's happening here? And even you have Jesus washing the feet of Judas the betrayer and I'm sure there was a moment a glimmer of hope where he said oh wow look at this but then he reverted back Satan had really entered into him and Peter it comes to the time where Jesus was to wash the feet of Peter and Peter's like no you're not to wash my feet and Jesus said something really important to him if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Mm. A- and that's really important because I want to have part with Christ. And uh, there's more that I can share in regard to all of those things. Um, But Jesus, he gave us foot washing. He even said to the disciples, you are to wash one another's feet. You ought to do this. The word ought is you should in the Greek, or you must wash each other's. And this was to be an example that I gave you. And this was to be an example before I come back. And it was... preparatory for the lord's supper um so we see that uh, this is you can say almost like a prerequisite preparatory for the lord's supper before you partake of the lord's supper and the whole point of teaching of the washing of feet was humility and service mm-hmm. that was the main point of the washing of feet um i'm really w- one of our pe- one of the people text in how they felt uncomfortable in the beginning mm. with washing of feet, and I remember back in Canberra, I took communion service and I took the sermon, and I actually talked about the meaning of the washing of feet. And afterwards, I had this man. He was he started attending our church. He's a South African man. Um, and he eventually got baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And he came from South Africa. He went to the Dutch Reformed Church. And after I talked about foot washing, he was very solemn. And he said to me, I've never wanted anyone to wash my feet. But now, I now understand what it means. And for the first time, he had his feet washed. You know, I praise God that later on, this man in Canberra, he even became a head deacon of the mm. church. You yeah. know? And, and so that just humbles me. Mm. Um, and... In the Bible, um, there are so many Bible verses. Uh, I want to leave with some of these final thoughts. I have about two minutes left, I know that. But being a servant and humility, and I want to stress the point about humility... The Bible says in Second Chronicles 7, verse 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Mm. So here there's a point about humbling. God forgives us. This is in the time of Solomon. Psalms 18, verse 27, For you will save the humble people. Psalms 45, verse 4, and in your majesty, that means in your splendor and glory, it talks about how there is humility and righteousness. I love this Bible verse, Psalms 149, verse 4, he will beautify the humble with salvation. Proverbs 11, verse 2, it says, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 15, verse 33, and before honor is humility. So if you want to be honored, well, humble yourself first. Isaiah 29 verse 19, the humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord. So the humble people, they have joy. Ezekiel 21 verse 26, exalt the humble and humble the exalted. In Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3 it talks about seeking the Lord, seeking righteousness, and seeking humility. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 talks about to walk humbly with your God. Luke 14 verse 11, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Romans 12 verse 16, associate with the humble. Philippians 2 and verse 8, it talks about Jesus. He humbled himself. And He became obedient to the point of death. He came down from glory, down, and He died on the cross for our sins. Colossians 3, verse 12 says, put on hu- humility. James chapter 4, verse 6 and 10 talks about... Um, uh, how God gives grace to the humble and humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. In second in Timothy chapter two, verse 24 and 25, it talks about the servant of the Lord. It says in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And I know I have failed in this area where I've corrected others, but not always in humility. Um, Titus three, verse two talks about showing uh, all humility to all men. You know, in the end, um, foot washing is about being a, Doing service and humility, and I actually want to take part in this because Jesus said, you know, to Peter, if you don't do this, you have no part with me. I want to take in part. What an honor! What a privilege! What a joy it is to take in part with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
0: Mm, indeed, I um I agree with you. It's such a good, it's such a good experience actually. Um, going aside and uh, washing each other's feet. Um, it's such a humbling experience. Um. Thank you, Rako, for that powerful sharing. I pray that our listeners have been blessed with your message. And just to remind our listeners the code to claim the offer for today, which is the book The Desire of Ages by Ellen White is three MJ one. Three MJ number one. No space in between. Um text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and we'll be able to send the book to you. Um what do you have for us next week, Racco? Yeah.
1: Well, next week, we're going to still talk about uh, the upper room experience. Uh, we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper, and we'll see how far we'll get.
0: Okay, so join I next Wednesday to learn more about what he has to share. And uh, tomorrow, Peter will be talking about... Um, the seven last plagues um, in a series searching for certainty. Um, So join Peter tomorrow with Jason to learn more about what he has to share. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. And wherever you are, we hope you've been blessed and we hope you enjoyed the rest of your day.